0: Given you have a really strong understanding of the novella, as well as the key characters and themes and important contextual factors, let's see how we can all put it together in terms of how to answer and apply this knowledge to a past exam question. So as you can see here, I've prepared a model answer, which you can consider, and this is actually a past paper question. So I will walk you through how to respond to this question. Now, the question for this exam was... How does Steinbeck present authority in the novel? You must consider the context of the novel in your answer. Now, for a question of this nature, even before you get into answering it, always remember to highlight the key words in the question. Of course, here it's how, how meaning what techniques does Steinbeck use and how he presents authority. So that's the main thing to focus on. And of course, you always have to remember to consider context in your response. So, of course, always remember that you need to begin with an introduction. So let's look at how we can structure this introduction for this question. Debatably, in Of Mice and Men, the author John Steinbeck presents a variety of themes, and a prominent theme that continuously resurfaces is authority. Steinbeck is able to present the theme of authority through the central figures in the novella who appear to occupy certain positions within the societal hierarchy that exists on the ranch. Steinbeck presents different characters' perspectives on authority, as some characters like Slim derive their authority from the mutual respect they receive from other members of the bunkhouse, yet other characters like Curly use tyranny to maintain a sense of power and authority over other bunkhouse members. Indeed, the men on the ranch do not respect him, yet Curly is aware that he can use his influence on his father in order to punish the men. Now, I'm going to pause there for a second. So always remember that an introduction when it comes to an essay question is really important because this is basically you are framing for your examiner, the person that's going to be marking this question, your discussion, and broadly what your discussion is going to entail. Also, your introduction—you are consistently trying to include these keywords. So the how technique, but also in this introduction, I've also mentioned in terms of how authority. This particular theme is re- is presented by Steinbeck. He's actually using some characters that sort are of slim and curly to show two different approaches to authority. Okay. So what you don't want to do is go into too much detail in your introduction because, of course, you're leaving that for your different points within the essay. However. Your introduction is very important in terms of framing your discussion and opening your discussion for your reader. So let's continue. Steinbeck firstly presents the theme of authority in the novella through the character of Slim, who's the most authoritative figure in the eyes of the other workers in the bunkhouse. We as readers witness the authority of Slim's character in the context of the bunkhouse as well as the wider ranch. Steinbeck, from the outset, presents Slim as an excellent worker, as the other men see him as a jerkline Skinner. This connotes the idea that he is skilled at his work and is powerful enough to control a team of mules. This, coupled with Slim being described as the prince of the ranch, initially portrays him as being at the top of the worker's social hierarchy in the novella. The use of the title Prince clearly shows that Slim is not only a strong and impressive worker, but he's also highly respected in the bunkhouse. He's a man that is seen as holding a high sense of integrity and power, while which the other ranch workers deeply respect. Slim is characterised by Steinbeck as a Christ-like figure who has godlike eyes, and he stands as a bulwark against the tyrannical treatment which the workers face from Curly. Slim is a figure that enjoys a high degree of authority from the men as he's seen as their protector. Indeed, he stands as a deity that all the ranch workers look to for hope and protection. Now, after my introduction, essentially I've rephrased the question again, mentioning the keyword authority here, and I've developed my answer by talking and focusing initially on Slim. So, as you can see here, always remember, of course, you want to use the point, evidence, Uh, explanation and linking techniques so P-E-E-L okay or even just P-E-E so I'll make my point in yellow okay so my point is in yellow and then my evidence as you can see here I've embedded my quotation so I'm going to give my evidence blue okay then I've explained this evidence a little bit and talked about how this links to the idea that he's really skilled in his work which I'm going to put in pink but then I've added additional evidence here okay and I've talked about him being the prince of of the ranch so as you can see here there's a bit more evidence here and then I've explained this evidence in much more detail okay so again once once more you can see here in pink the explanation then I've linked it back to why and link I'm gonna highlight in green He's kind of shown as almost this Christ-like figure. He's a really, really positive character that's used by Steinbeck to show authority and the different approaches to authority, okay? So as you can see, yellow is my point, so I've opened up my point, I've given evidence, which is in blue, I've explained the evidence quite briefly, the first piece of evidence here, where he's a jerk licensed skinner, then I've given an additional piece of evidence, the Prince of the, the Ranch, then I've talked about this title, why this is important, and what this shows about Slim's authority, then I've linked it back to the question, and shown why this shows Slim to be really important, okay, now, one thing you might be thinking is, okay, this is interesting, but you haven't mentioned context, you don't have to always mention context in all paragraphs, of course, if you can, that's great, however, if you go into lots of detail, particularly talking about some of the less obvious uh, interpretations of the language, so for example, hair, slim being Christ like, this is also sufficient. Of course, you do want to mention some context uh, points in your essay. However, in this particular paragraph, I would still say this is a really strong level nine paragraph because you've gone as far as even kind of indirectly mentioning the things that are not directly mentioned by Steinbeck, for example, um, the way he uses language in order to connote Slim and to connect Slim to kind of a messianic Christ-like figure. So that's really, really powerful, okay? So let's look at my second point. However, Slim's character stands in stark contrast to Curly, whose worldview is the direct antithesis of all the values that Slim stands for. Curley gains his authority forcefully and manipulatively through his father, who's the owner of the ranch. Arguably, Curley exercises authority over the men in the novella and whilst the men seemingly appear to listen to his demands as a gulf between how he perceives himself as opposed to how the other men view him. Curley seemingly sees himself as powerful and well respected, yet the men in the bunkhouse lack respect for him and simply follow his instructions due to his relationship with his father. It's interesting that Steinbeck shows that, in spite of Curly initially appearing to occupy a high position in the social hierarchy on the ranch, he seems subconsciously aware that his power is superficial. A swamper notes that Curly is constantly in fear of being emasculated, as he is like a lot of little guys. He hates big guys. He's all the time picking scraps with big guys. The pre modifying adjective little coupled with the oxymorons, little and big, illustrate how Curly is deeply insecure about his authority on the ranch, and he understands his position at the top of the social hierarchy is simply superficial. His position is just as a result of being the boss's son, which he seems to realise means he does not enjoy the same authority over the men as Slim does. Moreover, it's interesting to note that Curly uses the facade of being a boxer as a way to appear fierce and powerful. Steinbeck associates Curley's sense of authority with his terrier-like characteristics suggesting that despite him being a little man on the outside he's powerful, vicious and antagonistic on the inside. Curley's power and authority derives from his insecurities and his need to prove his masculinity nonetheless. His masculinity is diminished after his rule with Lenny. Steinbeck depicts Curly as being a rat, thus implying that, as a result of the fight, he has lost authority and respect from the men. This, coupled with Curly flopping like a fish on the line, reiterates Curly's true authority. This is Steinbeck's way of showing how authority was gained during post-Depression 1930s America, where in working-class circles, respect was gained through hard work and meritocracy, rather than through nepotism. Okay? Now, this paragraph is quite a detailed one, okay, and it doesn't really necessarily follow very strictly the P-E-E-L method here. So the point evidence explanation and the link method here. Now, this is a slightly more complex structure so of course if you are finding it a little bit intimidating honestly using just the point evidence explanation method as you can see here and of course linking it back to the question this is sufficient however I thought it would be also good to show you different ways of framing your paragraphs okay so now I've talked about authority in this paragraph but this is as it relates to curly so I open with my point okay and antithesis by the way if you're not sure what this word means antithesis means opposite there's also another keyword Word which i wanted to point out which is nepotism nepotism is when someone is given a position of power based on their relationship with a family member so they benefit from their relationship with the family member rather than meritocracy which is basically when someone gains a position or gains a particular job based on them being actually qualified not because of who they know so nepotism is when anyone gets any kind of job power any position based on who they know usually their family meritocracy is when someone gets a job position of power or a particular uh, role based on how qualified they are they've worked hard or you know they they have some kind of power and of course Curly benefits from nepotism he doesn't have the same kind of skills as uh, slim however of course he occupies uh, certain superficial power on the bunkhouse in the bunkhouse hierarchy and of course on the ranch purely because of his dad Okay, now going back up here In terms of how structured this paragraph. So I've opened with my point, okay? And again, the point, just like the previous paragraph, is in yellow. However, I have added some explanation here of this point okay so I've um, and also part of this explanation is almost linking back to the question however I would argue that this is explanation there's an analytical depth I've added within my point okay and this analytical depth to be honest actually goes all the way here okay so I've added a point then I've linked it back to the question and explained this point in terms of how Curly has this gulf there's this vast gulf between how Curly sees himself and how other men see that see him on the bunkhouse hierarchy and I've then linked it back to the question okay so there's no evidence as yet here now one thing to remember is if you were to just leave it as this without any evidence um this would probably get you maybe let's say a level 6 at best okay so of course as I was developing this I did bear in mind that of course you always have to remember the key quotations however I took a slightly different approach here to just show you that of course the PEE method is always best when writing an essay but you don't necessarily have to slavishly follow it you can kind of have a point as you can see here explanation link but then i've now gone back into my evidence here okay and you only do this if you feel extremely confident and supremely kind of knowledgeable. On what you're talking about okay so here you've got quite a lot of evidence so uh, like a lot of big guys and then I've talked about also technique here okay so bear in mind I've added the um, language technique oxymoron that's another technique okay this is linked to the how then I've then explained this even further okay so and within my explanation once more as you can see here so there's quite a lot of explanation okay so again I'm gonna highlight this in pink and even within my explanation I've added bits of evidence okay this is just to show you that you don't necessarily have to slavishly follow point evidence explanation method if you feel very confident and very comfortable with the material that you know if you're very very confident and comfortable with of mice and men you can use a slightly different structure and a different approach okay you can mix it up as long as it all makes sense and as long as it's appropriate to the question okay and of course as you can see here i'm constantly mentioning authority i'm constantly talking about how his power's Curly's power superficials just on the surface of course um the men actually don't respect him as much as they do with Slim okay but he benefits from of course being linked in his power with his dad and as you can see here I finish off with a link back to the question and even within my link I've still embedded some quotations okay also one thing I want to highlight here if you remember I talked about there was no context point here however within my link here of course remembering the importance of context as you can see here I've now linked it and my um, link back to the question but also how this illustrates authority when we are considering the character of Kirby. okay so hopefully this is clear and again if you want to kind of go over this in a bit more detail, do you remember that this model answer is part of this course. So do make sure you download this model answer as part of this course and then kind of go over it with the finer tooth comb. Okay. Now, Hopefully this kind of shows you that of course the point evidence explanation method is really good but if you do feel really really confident and comfortable with writing about these different characters and you know even for example going back to this question writing about authority of course you can take a slightly different approach right. Just make sure your points are very appropriate to the question. Now let's look at my third point. From the very start of the novella We see Steinbeck draw upon Darwin's theories of survival of the fittest when revealing the relationship between George and Lenny. Throughout Of Mice and Men, Lenny is clearly depicted as being less powerful and lacking in authority when compared to George, who is far smaller, yet more intelligent. Regardless of Lenny's great strength and ability on the ranch, there is a clear sense of authority as George is respected by him as the leader, whilst he is the follower. Steinbeck hints at the notion that Lenny is like a puppet for George to exert control over. This is abundantly evident when there is a conflict between Lenny and Curly. Lenny clearly is reliant on George for directions on what to do as he looked about for George until George gave him the orders to get him. This reveals that George exercises a great amount of authority over Lenny as he has the ability to control Lenny's actions. Arguably, this is Steinbeck's way of showing Darwin's theory of survival, where in many ways, despite being physically strong, Lenny is unable to survive on his own due to his inability to shrewdly understand his environment. Whilst Lenny is described as a vast animalistic character who looks like a bear with paws, he lacks the predatory skills needed to survive in the dangerous atmosphere of the ranch. On the other hand, George is extremely shrewd and his cunning enables him to navigate the complex power hierarchy of the bunker. However, his slender arms and and a thin bony nose are no physical match for Lenny. Hence, like a master with a beast, he leans on Lenny's brute force for survival. Now, here I've talked about how power and authority is shown through the characters of George and Lenny. And I've also mentioned some key words, which hopefully you understand, but I'm going to explain what they mean. So shrewd, when anyone is shrewd, that means clever. So that's just a fancy way of meaning clever. And of course, try to use ambitious words. Vocabulary okay, so of course, here the context point that I'm making is that Steinbeck is trying, and of course, this is to do with uh, Darwin's theory of survival, Charles Darwin, who talked about how animals live in this constant uh, battle in survival of the fittest. But actually, the survival of the fittest is also reflected in the bunkhouse hierarchy okay. Now, if you look at the way I've structured this point again, and now I've looked, I've moved on from both Slim and Curly to talking about George and Lenny and how authority is shown of course, the keyword being mentioned here, through their relationship, I've began with a point, okay? And it's quite a fairly detailed point, all right? And... Following on my from my point, so point in yellow, I've added just a little bit of explanation here, just explaining my point a little bit, okay. Then uh, I've then linked to back to the point, this idea that Lenny is like a puppet for George, and you know there's um, a lot of conflict that Lenny usually looks to George for in terms of answers. So again, this is still part of my point. Then, as you can see here, here's some evidence, okay and this is showing Lenny's reliance on George, then my explanation, okay, so there's a bit more of my explanation here, but then I've added now context talking about Darwin's theory of survival, okay, and I've kind of developed my um, explanation and even linked it to how Darwin's theory of survival is also reflected in how Lenny is described almost as an animal, kind of like this massive bear, But whilst uh, Lenny is kind of shown as this animal who's really big, lumbering, George is almost like the more clever, smaller animals who are able to use the power and authority and especially the cleverness in order to wield and to control the power of bigger creatures like Lenny, okay? So again here as you can see I've made a point then there's a little bit of an explanation a bit more of a point then you've got my evidence here a bit more of explanation and then linking back and of course Darwin's theory of survival that is a really important context point that you need to make clear okay so let's carry on. During the era in which Steinbeck wrote the book it was a time of great prejudice particularly towards black people. Therefore, certain central figures in the novella completely lacked authority on the ranch and their position at the bottom of the social hierarchy was clear. Steinbeck demonstrates the lack of authority which people received in this predatory environment. Steinbeck draw, draws close attention to the character of Crooks, who is cast aside from the bunkhouse society, and as a result, Stein, Steinbeck evokes pathos to be his readers, and he constantly draws attention to the fact that Crooks, who is a Negro stable buck, that seems to be an extremely isolated character, to be sure. He appears completely alienated from all the other ranch workers and he confesses to Lenny that he needs somebody, which reveals his abject sense of powerlessness and his lack of authority. Contextually, Crookes' lack of power is used by Steinbeck to illustrate the inequality that black people in America faced in the 1930s. This era was also termed as the Jim Crow era, whereby there was a series of laws that institutionalised segregation between black and white people in the USA. This segregation is evident in the ranch as Crooks is treated differently and he appears aware that he lacks any power and authority in the social hierarchy. So now this is my final paragraph relating again back to the key words authority and I've also added lots of context and of course this is in relation to Crooks who is the only uh, African-American in the novella. Now, another key word that's mentioned here, hopefully you can um, you understand it, but if you don't, don't worry, I'll explain it just now. Institutionalized means um, an idea that's part of official institutions. And the idea that's part of official institutions, when I say official institutions, I mean part of a government, Part of how, you know, a school is run, part of how hospitals run, part of how hotels are run everywhere in the country. When we talk about inst- anything that's institutionalized, it's something that's accepted and even put into law. And, you know, governments follow this law, as do hospitals, as do schools and so on. Now, this law was this idea which was called in the Jim Crow era, segregation. Segregation is simply... Um, a fancy word for separation, racial separation. In other words, uh, during the Jim Crow era, and of course, this is an outtake. This is as a result of slavery in America. Okay, so a lot of African Americans who came to America came as a result of being slaves. They were not seen uh, for a very long time in American history as equal to white Americans. But then, once they, uh, there was a battle um, between the Confederate states and the South and the Northern states, and of Of course, the Confederate States lost out on this battle. One of the concessions, one of the agreements that were made was to give equality to everybody, including ex-African-American slaves. However, soon after that equality was given, there was this notion of Jim Crow era, whereby even if everybody was equal, they were meant to stay separate Black people and African Americans should have their own separate facilities. If they go to toilets, they shouldn't use the same toilets, they shouldn't go to the same schools and things like that as white Americans. This is what we call segregation. But what tended to happen is that these institutions... Um, tended to favour and tended to give better resources to white Americans as opposed to black Americans okay so that's just a very brief history lesson but of course do check out my video where I go over you know the Jim Crow era and so on and what this means in more detail okay but institutionalized just simply means part you know a specific law or rule that's part of institutions that all institutions follow segregation is just a fancy way of saying separation okay now again so in terms of authority I've now mentioned the character of crooks okay So, once more, as you can see, here I've started with a fairly long um, point. Okay, so I've talked about crooks and I've also hinted a little bit at context, but I do, of course, talk about context later on. So, I've started with my point. Then I've got my evidence, as you can see, here, okay, which is in blue. Then, of course, I've then explained my evidence in pink. And then I've linked it back to the question, and of course, talked about context, which is very important. And of course, context in this case is to do with the Jim Crow era, the Jim Crow laws and how unequally African-Americans, basically black Americans, were treated in America. And this is shown through Crooks. And of course, he therefore lacks authority. So let's look at how I conclude. To conclude, the way in which Steinbeck presents the theme of authority throughout the novella appears to be a microcosm of the time in which the novella is set. Life during the Great Depression was largely seen as a battle of survival, which is perhaps why some of the characters are presented as being weaker than others in such a competitive environment, which is filled with scarcity. As a result of the relationships between the central figures in the novella, we as the readers are able to see when certain characters hold more authority than others due to the gender, race and physical ability. Okay. Now here, this is a very broad, general conclusion. And again, if you haven't come across the word microcosm, microcosm is just a small version of... Of a bigger, you know, um, larger example. So, the bunkhouse, in other words, is a small version of America in general. So, for example, black characters being kept um, separate in the bunkhouse, this is just a microcosm, a small version of what actually happens in America. Um, The way George, so clever individuals, treat and control, you know, less clever but more powerful individuals like Lenny, again, this is a small version of what happens in America at large, okay, microcosm, a small version of something that happens in a wider society, so the bunkhouse hierarchy, of course, again, people like Curly benefiting unfairly from the relationship with their father, their mothers, again, they are a small version, a microcosm, Of something that happens broadly in society. So in society, we tend to find that sometimes some people just benefit from you know having rich mums and rich dads rather than the efforts that they put in into getting a particular job or a particular position, okay? And essentially what I've done with my conclusion is just broadly linked it back to the question, authority, and talked about how all of these different characters that I've mentioned in this essay illustrate authority. Okay? So that's really it when it comes to understanding how to approach this question but also how to structure your response to a question relating to authority in the novella. Thanks so much for listening.